0: And you're listening to The Clubcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Everyone, welcome to episode one hundred and seven of the Clubcast on this Friday, February. Um,
1: <laughs> Tuesday,
0: seventeenth, 2017. 2017. It's happy 2, 17, Valentine's 17. Day. We are recording this on Valentine's Day. Are, Valentine's are you wearing red? Is that Day? where
2: you're wearing red?
0: <laughs> uh, am I wearing red?
2: You are. Oh, subliminal. Anyways, happy V Day.
0: And. Even if you don't have a Valentine's Day, you have one here with us. Yes, we, we are your company, Valentine. Even though you listening to us three days after the fact. They're like stop we're being
2: like, a dead horse and wanna talk about it anymore. We're like
0: the forgetful boy slash girlfriend. Probably the boyfriend, right? Yes. Yeah. Girls don't really forget <laughs> that. Our guest this week is returning to us after eighty weeks. Wow. Uh, she was with us. Weeks? Yeah, she was with us wow. on episode twenty six back in twenty fifteen.
2: Welcome back. And uh, when well,
0: she came Thank in with you. our friend Jenny. Wow, that's
2: so, yeah, that was 20. Oh my God. <laughs> oh.
0: Clarissa Way, freelance journalist, writer for, you can, you can find her bylines on Vice, Eater, LA Weekly, KCT, and NPR. She is a world traveler, world tea enthusiast, traveler. conservationist, and now Master Forager.
1: <laughs> Not Master Forager. <laughs> but she has experience, I'm, and
2: I need to find out what this is. I'm it's,
1: flattered.
0: Yeah, it's good to good to see you. Um, I don't see you that often in the States, I feel like.
1: Yeah, I think last year I was only in the States for two months, yeah. and then this year will probably be four months, and that's a lot for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Claire says, um, always on the road. She was in China for almost a year, right?
1: Yeah, nine to ten months. Yeah. That's so
0: crazy. On yeah. personal assignment, not even like on assignment. Well, you were... I mean, yeah, it was yeah. personal
1: assignment, but... I was able to make money from it, so I guess it was good.
0: Yeah, and then she set, headed off to.
1: Uh, I'm going to Costa Rica.
0: Nice. For,
2: you just got back from Ecuador. I just got back from Ecuador.
0: <laughs> so we're gonna talk to Clarissa about just everything in terms of um, traveling the world, uh, being working for yourself, and um, her becoming a conference. Const- conservationist there you go uh because last time we talked to you you were about to head out to china to collect recipes mm-hmm. and then while you were there it became more of a environmental um path so
1: yeah and a lot of it was traveling through china and kind of finding the untold story of chinese food but i think this is a narrative that's true all over the world and isn't unique to china but um just going to china with the the thought and purpose of writing Chinese food, I realized that you can't responsibly talk about food without figuring out where the ingredients are coming from. And that story was much more interesting
0: to me. Yeah. So now every time I get pokey, I hear Clarissa yelling at me.
2: Don't get pokey? Oh, so that's not, a th- okay. Yeah, well, so mostly like- <laughs> I want to learn. <laughs> for, for
0: poke. most of the fish is on the
1: top of the food chain. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of the people I interviewed, I did a story for LA Weekly on why we shouldn't be eating that much poke, And a lot of people I called, they wouldn't, tell me where they're getting their poke. And they're not telling you that's the problem because um, bycatch is a huge problem. So like for every like pound of tuna they catch, they might catch like a shark or a dolphin. But the thing in the United States is that they can't bring that bycatch on shore so they just throw it away even if the shark is dead. Um, So you have to find responsible sources but most people aren't responsible.
2: I could go on oh my god, I could talk (laughs) about this for days from a public health perspective of uh, just like just food, right? And like mercury, don't even like <laughs> yeah. please. And like, let's talk about the tsunami and all the health effects. And like, I don't trust anything that's in our waters right now. And we need to be saving our water. <laughs> yeah. And then like, just occupational
0: health, like everything. But it's so good and so Before cheap. We go then, into which that. I guess is the problem. Well, yeah. the,
1: the thing is, like poke, I don't care because I want poke. <laughs> poke originated from Hawaii, where they just took fish that they caught and leftover, and then they like cut it and added the sauces. That's amazing. And the thing is, we should be eating California fish and but we don't. So an interesting thing I found out was the United States we own the most ocean territory out of any country in the world, but 90% of our fish is imported. And we have the best coastal fishery management out of any other country in the world in terms of we're minimizing bycatch, we protect our fisheries and our fishing is very sustainable. So we should be eating fish from our local fishermen, but we don't because it's more expensive. And so most of our fish a lot of it is going to China.
2: Interesting, the plot thickens. <laughs>
0: Clarissa is a very, very good journalist, and she's learned a lot and taught everyone a lot. You should read her pieces on all those, like, read her pieces online. and Let's
2: get your documentary crowdfunded, damn it.
0: That would be awesome.
1: Yeah. We'll
0: we'll talk more with Clarissa about all that stuff, all that great stuff uh, after the break, but first, let's get into our roundtable segment where we talk about what's on our mind in the world of Asian and pop culture, or just whatever's on our mind. Um, What's on my mind? I'll start off. Is um, the Firecracker run was this past Sunday, um, which is the annual 5 to 10K uh, fun walk slash run taking place in Chinatown, Los Angeles, Chinatown. And um, I did it. I ran a 5K for the first time in almost since high school, I think. And I did not die. You
2: used to be a runner in high school, right? I
0: was a cross-country runner, yeah. I was JV level, so I wasn't that great. I Finished about ten minutes behind my personal best, which actually I was pretty happy with. I was expecting to take a lot longer.
1: Did you train for it?
0: No.
2: Yeah, that's what he was talking about. He's like, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, when? He's like, to, like two days.
0: It was mostly to convince my girlfriend to uh to do it because she was convinced. That she would die, like she couldn't do running,
2: and she was so proud. And, I saw her yeah, Instagram. She beat
0: me by like a minute. So, yes, it's <laughs> so like yes, we Queen. We were heading downhill, and then I guess she got. She thought she was running. I was running be- right behind her, but she like ditched me.
1: Wait, how many miles is five k?
0: It's about three three point five miles. Okay, yeah, so do you girl, keep going? Yeah. <laughs> so congratulations! That was fun. So, yeah. do
1: you, are you feeling
2: inspired to do another one, or do you feel like you have conquered?
0: I'm feeling inspired to. Work out a little more <laughs> just to get um, at least back to where I was. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You know, like, you know, 20 pounds ago. So,
2: but, and it also just feels good. I don't know. It's like, a, it's a, I did what I'm not mm-hmm. a, I don't want to ever do races. Like, I think marathon runners, God bless you. Props to you. But y'all are crazy. Like, yeah. I have no desire to run.
0: Well, here's the thing when, that, when, when but... I used to run five, three miles a day, um in high school you know at the end if you felt like you had gas left you kind of like felt oh i could have done i could have pushed a little harder um this time i had no gas left i ran <laughs> out of gas so i was like oh man i'm not where i was yeah that's the thing where like if you if you used to be like active and then you stopped you know you kind of remember it's kind of like riding a bike but at the same time you kind of feel like oh these tools aren't the same. They're rusty. Well, you're
2: in your yeah. 30s, man. You got to like... And that's like... I th- I thank heavens for this firecracker run. I, I'm, I am I uh, am Marvin's second mother. And I'm always <laughs> like, are you working out? Are you eating healthy? And when he started eating more vegetables at lunch, I was like, yay! It was like a huge win. <laughs> but it's ju- it's generally like for maintaining, like we were talking about earlier, our sanity and our good health. Yeah. All of it. Like I get a huge be- boost of endorphins. Even though my body hates me for the rest of the you know f- next forty eight hours, but now I have Epsom salt baths, so like that changed. But um, no, I really well. But you were oh, so a, happy. I'm I feel like a proud mother right now. You you me.
0: run a lot on your own. You don't have to pay someone to give you a t shirt and run for you. So that's why I felt yeah. dumb.
2: I felt a bit annoyed, but I did the fire. It was the Firefly Run in uh-huh. San Jose, where it was like a rave. That's what got me out. Oh. I paid for that because I was like, we all got to wear the, wear oh, the clothes. Cool. Have you done one of those? No, I've never done. Is that like beta
0: she's like, sp- a sponsored run? <laughs> Is that like beta breakers?
2: Kind of, but it was like in San Jose and South Bay. It's all less flat,
0: nu- less nudity. Oh, okay,
2: less nudity, and it was all it was very very G rated. Yeah, it was all flat. that's the
0: thing. They don't like they didn't. Well, they did tell you. I just decided to ignore it. Like the firecracker one has a giant ass hill in the middle of it. Yeah. And I was like, I did not sign up for this.
2: <laughs> and LA doesn't have that many hills, so you really it's been got years since the I've been blessed my
0: quads for hill climb.
1: <laughs> How many people were there? Foam it roll. was a
0: lot, like about three thousand people around. Oh, wow, foam roll, Marv. Because um, there was also five k and a ten k and a kitty run, and then you know there was a big festival in the um, like the the plaza area with the Bruce Lee statue. And they were giving out free snacks and free refreshments to all the runners. And then all the Asian grandmas came out because free food. So they got to (laughs) go and cut in line and everything. Um, But it was fun. There was a beer garden, but the beer garden line was too long. So we decided to go wait in line for Howling Rays instead. Got some hot chicken sandwiches.
1: Nice. Nice. Mm. That was hot. Treat yourself. Mm. Treat yourself well. Canceled out the entire 5K run.
0: In one meal. Pretty much. But it
1: probably tasted really good.
0: Did taste really good. We got the hot, which they add like ghost pepper to it.
1: Oh
2: hell no. Mm. See, why are people crazy? I don't understand why. Like, you know it's pain.
0: Hurt's so good.
2: It's just no, it's just pain. I love spicy, but that's just ridiculous. My friend ate a ghost pepper in front of me and I was like, should I call the paramedics?
0: I I figure So, um, for people don't know, Howling Race is a Nashville hot chicken restaurant that opened up in Chinatown, LA. Um, Nashville hot chicken is known for being crazy, crazy hot because they use like their special blend of all these chilies. So, everyone says get the medium because the medium just uses their standard like chili powder, which is like akin to maybe like Hot Cheetos, not too bad. Um, And then if you go up to hot, then they add in the habanero and the ghost pepper. And that's when things get a little painful. But, you know, More of a little you're painful. waiting an hour in line for this thing. You might as well go all the way yeah. to, no. see, to see. I was curious to see if I can take it. You
2: should also value your stomach because it's your friend. And I don't know why you're trying to destroy it, you <laughs> villain.
0: Got to balance it out. You know, do something healthy and then punish my body. Destructive.
2: <laughs> Masochist.
0: Yeah. But that was my weekend. And while I was running and eating really, really too hot for me chicken, Clarissa was out uh, foraging.
1: Yeah, so I've just been out in the mountains a lot because I think ever since I've... Gotten back from my travels, just like the energy here is really stressful, and everyone here is very stressed out. It's
0: week four of the resistance, guys.
1: Yeah, it's and like been,
0: it's been less than 30 days. I'm tired,
1: and I'm not like complaining about it because it just means everyone's involved and everyone cares, and that's that's awesome, but I just personally have a very low, like, limit, you know, and I think it's, v- like, self-love since we're on the topic of Valentine's Day. This is Valentine's <laughs> Day, we <weekend>, get self-love. <laughs> self-love is very important. Love yourself. Um, And I had always been interesting, um, interested in the native plants in this area. I've done a couple of articles before, but I never, like, took a class. So I just started taking classes and, like, learning about the native plants here. And, like, it's a lot, like, how it is in China and in Taiwan. When you go out, you can find zongya or like medicinal herbs and you can use it to like make tinctures and like steepen your tea. Like this tea <laughs> I have here is made with yerba santa which is like really good for um like your respiratory system. And wow. If you almost like have a cough. So there's a lot of cool stuff out there and it's been really relaxing. Yeah.
0: I remember while I was eating the hot chicken I was looking at um Instagram and then Clarissa was posting about oh barbecuing stuff in the woods.
1: Yeah, we like collected buckwheat and made like buckwheat sandwiches. What does
2: buckwheat look like? Because I ate buckwheat noodles yesterday it's and a, I don't know where they come from. It is <laughs> different. Grass, right? No,
1: it's a seed. It's a seed oh. that ah. grows. Yeah. I mean it's different than like what we have in like Asia. The we California buckwheat is very different, but it like it's there's a green like stem and on top the seeds are kinda like dark reddish and you just collect it. We sifted through it and mixed it with flour and like made a pancake in the woods.
2: You did that all in? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, in like Pasadena, like most of our parks have a bunch of like native plants, but also a lot of weeds that came here from like Europe. Uh huh. And those things, it's like funny now when I look at my front yard, I just see like a farm full of things that I can eat. <laughs> That's awesome. And if your lawn is overgrown now because of the rain chances are there are things that you can eat and like make into a salad. So I never will buy salad again because I could just go to a Pasadena park and just like find a bunch of salad.
2: You sound like my mom and my grandma because they actually do this in the bay. Um they would do that like they my grandma had like a bag a, a grocery bag of what Green. I think weeds or like yeah. roots it's roots and she's like I was like oh where'd you get why'd you buy that from or something is that cuz I recognized it and it's something that Koreans turn into panchan which is the side dish thing. Yeah. She's like oh, I picked it from that that I was like huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then my right. mom did it too in Pleasanton or like Dublin area and I was like because like
0: our American trained minds were like oh you should not stop poison
2: literally I was like are you gonna die like (laughs) is that safe I don't know like how do you know how do you know you can eat that I freaked
1: out
0: that's why we need Clarissa when when society collapses she'll tell us what we can eat oh I've only taken
1: like four classes there are experts (laughs) and people who have written books I've just been really interested in it because when I travel I see locals doing that a lot more part of people's daily lives and I was like why don't we do that here we have plants here and then I realized we do have a lot of plants here and like these are things that we need to redefine what we do- see as weeds because these are things that were brought over by the european settlers like the spanish people apparently use like mustard and they planted it as a trail so people could go to the different missionaries wow. so they would just follow the mustard and like people just think that's it's so weeds smart now. yeah <laughs> So just not
2: f- have google maps
1: there's, then. yeah there's just food growing everywhere here in la <laughs>
2: I'm so curious now. I'm like, cause I was like, now I'm thinking of farmer's markets and like overpaying <laughs> for yeah, produce. But I mean, I always like feel that's an investment because I want to know like a meaning good food and getting fiber and all the things. But if it's like right there, I do want to garden and like once in whenever the heck that happens, like if I had time, yeah. I'd want to garden a lot more.
1: Well, the thing with like f- foraging, <laughs> a lot of these have a lot more nutrients and things that you grow cause they're growing in the wild. So they're a lot more resilient and have yeah. a lot more nutrition
2: snap (laughs) and I like
1: tasted this mustard that tasted like wasabi like a more mild version like in a salad it was amazing
2: I'm hungry now yeah (laughs) but I also when I think of foraging I think immediately of mushrooms because my friend did that in San Francisco yeah I've
1: found a couple mushrooms here I don't really know that much about mushrooms. Again, but. the
2: idea just scares me. I'm like, oh, what's going to happen to you? I go immediately like Alice in Wonderland.
0: start thinking <laughs> about, I'm let's, get, go that, let's go to that, let's uh, go to that, Was the run? The firefly run?
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> or some
0: mushrooms to go to the firefly run.
2: I think i have knocked up and when they go to Cirque du Soleil and uh, they do <laughs> shrooms. Anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's crazy. That's awesome. And can't wait to talk more with you about just... Everything else you've learned in the last year and a half since we've talked, because yeah. every time I talk to you, I feel like I'm, I'm learning something new about the world. Cool. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's my goal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, let's go to Minji. What's on your mind, Minji?
1: To completely switch
2: gears from foraging and being one with nature. <laughs> we'll talk about the Grammys.
0: Oh, back to pop culture. Which is, which is yeah.
2: absurd madness. I didn't even know it
0: was happening. I kind of, it kind of slipped my
2: mind, which is weird.
0: And I was watching TV and then I was like, oh, the Grammys are today, I guess.
2: I love the Grammys. I love the Oscars. I watched, you know, the Golden. I love all of that just because I'm curious, not because I feel like it's an accurate depiction of what's actually great in art, but it's, you know, it's, we've all talked about this that it says a lot about, it says a lot regardless, even if it's not saying like this is the actual best XYZ of the year or whatever. But, um... and fashion. I want to see what they're wearing. Uh, but I was just curious because I actually didn't watch it. I just watched clips. I, I ended up <laughs> doing yoga on the beach. So I was being one with nature. Um, but I, I came back and there were all these clips. And so I was trying to watch like the most um, the most hype things that people were talking about the most. So I watched um, Chancellor Rapper's mm. speech. Like I just think it's so amazing. Like he's changing the game. I love his music. Um, and the fact that he has no label and has won a freaking Grammy. I mean, that yeah. in and of itself is incredible. It's
0: a great statement for independent artists that you know, yeah. you can make great art without having the industry behind you necessarily.
2: Yeah. And yeah. that's all the people that we know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then of course I watched Beyonce's performance and it was very maternal and just like she always just makes something very, very she just her and like Lady Gaga, like these are artists that love to be artsy and they just don't give a shit like they don't they don't lean commercial anymore, I guess that maybe that's the liberation they have now as being like I'm an artist, I can do whatever, I can have floating scars, I can do you know the lighting <laughs> and all that and they they go there, and I really like that
0: well, it takes me back to the times of like like a Michael Jackson or a David Bowie or someone like or a prince right like someone who
2: and bruno de prince yeah like
0: someone who in addition to be a great artist also master showman right Uh, they want to go big
2: spectacle Right, someone's got to do it and then watched a tribe called quest yeah With their like ridiculously amazing performance with anderson pack which is so amazing (laughs) we danced together i danced with anderson pack back in what 2013 which was a troubadour show
0: 2013.
2: 2013. Yeah. We had a collaboration LA show and Anderson Pack was our headliner. Oh, wow. And I didn't know him that well because I'd see him only in like a dumbfounded music videos. So I didn't know him super well, but like he performed. He was amazing. And he was really, really nice and fun. Yeah. Did you watch the Grammys?
1: No. Again, I've <laughs> just, just been removed. shut out. Yeah. And so, I usually don't follow pop culture anyways. Like I, I just kind of yeah. go in a bubble. <laughs> I actually
0: watched the sh- I watched the show from the beginning up until I got hungry. Which priorities. It's a long show. Uh, so we left right after the The Prince tribute. Okay. So I missed the Oh Bruno. Yeah, I missed the um the album of the year and everything.
2: So yeah, that was the yeah. unique thing that's like everyone's really kind of dissecting today on Valentine's Day. A lot of that's you know, now it's the aftermath of the Grammys and everyone's like talking about who got snubbed and who like if this was a rightful win. And One of my favorite parts of the Grammys in general was Adele's uh, acceptance speech because she won Album of the Year and she won Song song of the Year, Best Song. She she was up there twice and she got, uh, it was really annoying. People got pissed off because her writer for Hello, do you know the song Hello? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Everyone knows that. I checked, I had to listen to it after she got the award for it. I was like, okay, I have to listen to Hello now. 1.8 billion views on youtube heartbreak central guys if you want to listen to the sad song (laughs) well
0: that was also the opening number of the show she sang hello yeah yeah
2: and i uh i literally remember the first time i heard the song i burst down into tears the first time i heard it it was like my life um but she like talked in her when she got she got the award and then she wanted to acknowledge her writer and then her writer they freaking played the music over so he didn't get to (gasps) say anything and Mm -hmm. people got his, which I'm glad people got mad. They're like, dude, acknowledge the guy who helped write this like yeah. beautiful favorite song.
0: I sympathize so. with the producer as well. Like, I know it's <laughs> a really long show. People got to eat.
2: We need to move along. There, this time <laughs> is money. I'm getting. I'm gonna get fired. But that was sad. But anyway, the second speech was really what ever caught everyone's attention. And like, um, she won album of the year, and she beat Beyonce's Lemonade. Did you watch Lemonade? I
1: think I saw that speech. Okay, you saw like the clip on. Have you watched Facebook. Lemonade? No. Oh,
2: okay. Again. I'm Again, <laughs> very, just like very powerful. It was based on her relationship with Jay-Z, but the imagery and a lot of the songs and a lot of the messaging that she wanted with intent, which, which was in Beyonce's speech, was I want to empower black women. I want to empower black people to know that their stories count, that they matter, that they're out there, they exist. And like she, it was with full intention. She was very clear about that. Um, and if you just watch it, it's so...
0: Right, because when, when that when formation came out, that was the big hubbub. Like, oh, this isn't for It was
2: the blackest us, video anybody you know? anywhere anybody, seen, and that's when like they yeah. did the SNL skit. Like they realized Beyonce's black. <laughs> that <laughs> one was like a very viral SNL video. Besides Melissa McCarthy, who's my life?
0: On a tangent, SNL kind of killed it too this weekend. Apparently, <laughs> we like, yeah, went, went way into just um. There's that skit with uh, Leslie Jones trying to play Trump.
2: I didn't see that. Shut up.
0: Yeah. How you should many, check it out. Okay. Yeah. So the, the skit is we pretty much. need to take a like break she's... from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, she's trying to lobby to play Trump, a black female Trump. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. So 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 when Adele gets her award for album of the year, she's like crying and she's like, "I'm so humbled and thankful that for this award, but I cannot accept this." And she's like, "This belongs to Beyonce," yeah, yeah. and um, it's just. I love Adele.
0: <laughs> People are saying how she self Kanye herself. Yeah.
2: That was one of the, <laughs> the best comments I ever saw. She was like, Adele just Kanye herself. Um, which but she totally did.
0: It is refreshing to see. Because usually, um, you know, like the last few awards, there's always been someone making that big kind of political statement. But this was much, a much more personal way to make that political statement. Right. Saying that, you know, I make, like, she's honored. But this other artist made so much more impactful music than I did.
2: Right. You know? And that was just beautiful. Like, it was very sincere. There's nothing like, P.R. E. <laughs> about it. It was just like, she was a ball of emotion like a lot of us are. Not everyone's a Beyonce fan. Not everyone's an Adele fan. But they reach millions and millions of people. But I think they she, say,
0: yeah, she endeared herself really well because um, like, when she was doing her George Michael tribute, she like, messed up in the middle. She's and like, can she, we start like, again? <laughs> and she like, cussed a bunch. I love yeah. her. Like,
2: <laughs> To me, she's a little bit more of a real, like, I, her, she's real. And then, yeah. like, there's, like, Jennifer Lawrence real that, you know, why I first liked Jennifer Lawrence. But, like, I don't know, Adele just kind of has that, like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. Yeah. I say what I want to say. Like, I love her. And then she's just so endearing and she's very sincere. And then, like, that discussion of, like, what is this saying about the Grammys? Like, this is a very, this is a deeper problem. Like, how are we not acknowledging? That it's kind of like I guess the Leonardo DiCaprio type curse of like what's she gotta do, man? (laughs) Like this woman like deserves the Grammy for best album, and this this uh, in my opinion above all her others. Um, But they they just have this you know track record of not acknowledging hip hop artists or R and B singers for like these incredible pieces of art. and again, I don't know the criteria about how the Grammys are selected or the process. I mean, I imagine but.
0: it's the same as any other of the award ceremonies. Where you have you have your panel of you have your you have your Academy, who are all the luminaries who get the ballots and they vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's really it's semi. I mean, I'm sure it's like the Oscars where it's politics play a part of it. Yeah. And maybe part of it is like, well, Beyonce will be around um but
2: it's like by the year like this album
0: yeah and, wrecked
2: everybody in the best way i don't know like adele even sees it and she's like what the fuck does she have to do man
0: i mean so here's where um i guess i would ask when it comes to these award shows and this comes to our lives because you've mentioned you want to you want to win your oscar right that's like it would be goal. nice
2: it's not my end i'll be I mean, but yes i would like one
0: <laughs> i mean is the or at least i get the feeling by watching her reactions like like, she wasn't bothered that she didn't win it. Yeah. It was just, like, she came, she made her statement, mm-hmm. and at least she has a platform. And I kind of feel like people put so much weight on awards. Right. right? Even yeah. if you're nominated, like, it doesn't mean anything to get the award. It's the feeling it from some people.
2: I guess it depends mm-hmm. on the person. Some yeah. people would be perfectly, like, <laughs> it, it, again, based on what their objectives are in life, maybe they yeah. don't care. They just like, it's nice. It's really nice to be appreciated on like a large level to say, I am one of the top five songs or like the top five composers or like producers of 2017. That's still a nice thing. I think people would be kind of nuts to like deny that it's nice to be appreciated and it's not going to dictate what, but like, again, it comes again for me, it's not saying like, I don't think Beyonce is less or Adele's better or like anything i love both of them very very much it doesn't dictate whether they're even their success at this point they both like they're beyond that like they don't (laughs) need the grammys but it's kind of like what is what's a larger story i guess for me like just kind of observing from the outside what is the story not just this year but over time what is that story that's being told i'm interested in that and i think the award shows are always just like an interesting
0: yeah (laughs) list
2: i don't know I don't. I'm. I don't know. Why I'm motioning yeah. with my hands because there's nothing to.
0: Yeah, I just. Yeah, you know.
2: It is and yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't even feel anything like. Oh, Beyonce, like Adele didn't deserve it. I like. I freaking adore her, and like, I want her to have all the good things. I mean, so what I a time take to it away be from where
0: her. we have so many great artists that that are making stuff. So saying the album, Let's appreciate that, that. destroyed <laughs> everyone. Both their albums, yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll bring Clarissa back into the conversation because we just went out for like 12 minutes about the Oscars or the the Grammys. Pop culture. Um, But yeah, stick, stick around. We'll talk more with Clarissa about food and travel and writing. We'll be back. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to episode 107 of the Collabcast. Um, This is Marvin, here to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Collaboration, a national nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of our Asian American communities. You can learn more about Collaboration and our mission by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. Remember, of course, that's Collaboration with a K. For those of you heading to Austin next month for South by Southwest, just wanted to give a quick plug on a couple of events that Collaboration is producing. First of all is our panel, Asian Americans break the sinus and stereotypes, taking place during the South by Southwest Convergence Conference on Sunday, March the 12th at 5 p.m., which features a discussion between Collaboration Executive Director Minky Chang and a panel made up of Phil Yu of Angry Asian Man, Jenny Yang of Disoriented Comedy, and Dante Bosco of Hook and Avatar fame. Collaboration will also be hosting a music showcase at the South by Southwest Music Festival on Thursday, March 16th at Lambert's Barbecue in downtown Austin. This will be the first ever South by Southwest Music Showcase featuring all Asian American artists, so we're really excited about our lineup, which includes Big Phony, Melissa Polinar, Megan Lee, Rianda, St. Lennox, and Run River North. If you're going to be in town for South by Southwest, please stop by the panel or the showcase and come say hi. Both Minji and myself will be at the event, and we'd love to meet you. Finally, this podcast is also a part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian-American community. You can learn more about the Potluck and check out all our great shows by going to www.podcastpotluck.com. Every week, I like to give a quick shout-out to one of our fellow Potluck Podcasts, and this week, I wanted to give a shout-out to Drunk Monk, a podcast hosted by Kate Logana and Will Choi, where they rewatch every single episode of USA Network's hit TV show, Monk. Get a little drunk and talk about it. It's an awesome show filled with Asian American insights, improv comedy, and the occasional awesome guest. You can subscribe and listen to Drunk Monk, as well as all the other great shows of the Potluck Podcast Collective, again, by going to the website www.podcastpotluck.com. And that's all for this break. Thanks again for listening to the clubcast. Uh, let's get you back to the show. And welcome back to episode one oh seven of the Collabcast. We're here with our guest Clarissa Wei. Hello. She's an amazing writer, world traveler. She's listening
2: and intently to our rant. My
0: tea sensei. She's a T oh. sensei. Oh.
2: What is that called she again? Yerba re- what?
1: This hmm? is Yerba Santa that i Yerba made. Santa. Yeah that's so cool.
0: I I I got I've had two personal tea tasting sessions with her <laughs> over She's the last year. Yeah. Do you still remember anything? I remember There was that one tea that tastes like barbecue sauce. Mm, Yeah. What? It's
1: like a Hunan black tea. Yeah.
2: This was in Asia?
0: This was in Taiwan. I I have it in my house. Oh, okay, (laughs) okay,
2: okay.
1: okay. I
0: remember that all teas are actually the same leaf. Uh They're just prepared differently.
2: So it's a right one tea leaf, but then there's a way to prepare it so that it tastes like barbecue sauce.
1: Yeah, so all tea comes from uh, camellia synthesis. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's like um, where they grow it, how they process it, and that's what gives you the different variations. Very
2: cool.
0: And I'm pretty good at pouring with my finger. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well good done. Good job. Well <laughs> done. I'm going to make you a, a certificate of achievement.
0: <laughs> I should. Yeah. So last time we talked to Clarissa was, like I said, it, Eighty, eighty-one 81 years. It, 81 years. <laughs> 81 weeks ago. <laughs> um, 80, 81 weeks. It was 26, so. I don't even
1: know. I don't, yes, 80, math. Yeah. We're at 107. <laughs>
2: 81.
0: She was here with our friend Jenny Yang, and we were talking about Chinese food and uh, about where food comes from. And back then, she was well-known as a um, reporter who's who was an expert on you know the 66 SGV area about Chinese food like whenever someone had a Chinese food piece they threw a ticker. Holla-
1: <laughs> still
2: happens. Still happens. <laughs> you get free food though, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, but like there's only Wrong so much, <laughs> there's only f- so much free food you can eat. Yeah. yeah, very
2: true. And you don't you don't have choice in the free food, right? Yeah. Like they want you to. Okay.
0: Well, did you see that one article about the history of boba? Because that was hers that just came out. Like, I did not. I'm not if a boba drinker. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is the piece I'd been sitting on for a couple of years and I'd pitched to different people, but everyone was like, it's too niche. But then um, my editor at LA Weekly let me write about it and it's just about boba culture, but really tying it into how it's unique to the San Gabriel Valley and it didn't so much focus on the drinks because obviously that's. Um, totally <laughs> personal to everyone. But it was like how that is our coffee shop. And what was frustrating for me growing up is that no one acknowledged that growing up. It's like, what's boba? It's so weird. And then all of a sudden in the 2000s, it became trendy and it was cool. Yep. And yeah. that's kind of a microcosm with Chinese food in general or Asian food. You know, growing up, we know these things and it's not weird. It's not different. It's just part of who we are. And all of a sudden when the mainstream... Um, air quotes white media if you will <laughs> calls it cool then all of a sudden people are coming to us and being like what is this this is so cool can you show me what it is yeah um, you know, it's
0: when it pops up on the west side you know like korean barbecue yeah. is now on the west side yeah kimchi is hot now and and yeah. so that's
1: frustrating to me as an asian american writer and that like why cannot why can't people take my word for it that it's cool why does it have to be <laughs> You know, push through on the West Side before I can get like the byline or before I yeah. can write about it.
2: Because your name's not Tyler or yeah <laughs> or Chad. Or Chad. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna meet an Asian Chad. That's gonna be like my next thing. <laughs> I wanna be like, wow, we've really crossed over when I meet an Asian Chad.
0: I'll oh, just know for verse no. If you have a, a baby boy coming, just name him Chad.
2: No, there's lots, of, anyway. <laughs> I'm also gonna bash um, my friends' yeah. names of their children. <laughs> Damn, you're going hella white. <laughs> but
0: I'm not hating.
2: I'm just saying it's interesting. Like Tennifer, yes, with two eyes.
0: <laughs> um, and then you went off to China to do your trip originally mm-hmm. to collect recipes. Um, I think I met you right before you you were. I, I was in China before you were. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a like a cooking class that was really cool. We learned how to make um, beef noodle soup. Yeah. Um, and then and then you just went traveling around china for a couple months
1: yeah i did 12 provinces in 10 months um and i did collect recipes um but it was mostly just kind of figuring out the story behind the food
0: yeah and then um your piece right now you're about your trip but you meet people on the train and the next moment you're staying at their house yeah eating their food.
1: Yeah. So all those pieces are up. It's on vice um, .vice munchies.vice.com. And if you just Google my name, you can see all of it. Um, But it was really cool because I made a point to go to the most remote places because it's really hard to find food stores in the city or else. I mean, you can, but like people were just showing me away. They're like, I don't care about this. Like leave. (laughs) I don't want to tell you how to make this. Like I'm busy, but it's like that. It's true of every city. Um, so I decided to go. Like I camped with Tibetan nomads. I got kicked out of Tibet. Um, I drank horse got, milk.
2: You got kicked out of Tibet. I got
1: kicked out of Tibet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is like the day before I was going to go to Mount Everest, and they like called me into the police station. Um, like this is like really close to Mount Everest, and. I forgot what the town was called. And they're just like, why don't you have a stamp on your passport? Um, and I'm like, well, I came in with my Taiwanese, Sunfenza, my Taiwanese like passport, but I came in to bet with my American one. Police officer looks at me and starts yelling at me. He's like, do you not know Taiwan is part of China? And as a Chinese person, like, you cannot have a dual citizenship. So I recommend when you go to Taiwan to like revoke your Taiwanese citizenship. Like, We welcome Americans here. You guys are fine, but like, you can't have a dual um, and they're like, you gotta leave like right now. So I was like sent back to Lhasa and like basically stuck in a hotel because they like shut down the airport because of government officials. Um, but it was cool cause I had met friends there and I went to like a Tibetan rock concert and that was really interesting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. I want to know all the stories now of everything. Wait, so you stayed in a hotel. Okay. Far- wait, sorry. I don't want to derail, but I'm like super no, curious. No. Yeah.
0: So. Um, I used to think Minji was really great at traveling solo and like cat crashing with people. Oh, I'm not it. on your level. But no, then, the, but then at Clarissa, I was like, wow.
2: Yeah, I know people <laughs> that I crash with. I don't <laughs> meet them on trains. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mostly stayed in hostels in China, um, and then because I was making money, like I think I'm a little. I'm not the budget traveler, so much as a lot of backpackers are like super budget couch surfers. But I, when I'm alone, I'll try to get a private room at a hostel but i like hostels a lot because that's where you meet people just like in the ca- like living room area um, so yeah it wasn't uh, like china is not scary people are very nice
2: that's good i mean i'm sorry i just like i'm i'm hearing your stories i'm playing scenes from taken in my head <laughs> and yeah. i'm maybe it's just in my my travels i like when i lived in europe i got harassed every day and everywhere oh, yeah. i went so i'm just like I, that has left its imprint on me that i just generally i don't like i'm not the most fearful person like i'm friendly and whatever but i'm also not naive in my in my opinion so i'm like i don't want to trust everybody because i don't know what they're gonna to do to me yeah and i'm a tiny little asian girl i'm not gonna be before i was very
1: yeah invincible
2: to that like an idiot
1: I think in Asia, there's less because I've done Europe before and I was in Latin America. Um, I think in China, there's there's no like verbal harassment in the streets. Like people aren't yelling at you and catcalling, which Uh happens, which happened everywhere in Europe. I was in Spain, Italy, especially the southern parts. And then in Latin America, that just happens every day. But in China, people are very. They just leave you alone. And if you're Asian and you just blend in with everyone. And there's a lot of Asian girls traveling solo because that's how they have to they have to go home, you know, during the New Year's and stuff. Mm. And. It's it's easy. There's a lot of you find a lot of company.
2: That's very good because yeah. I don't I'm getting stressed out right now. <laughs> like I don't know how I'm gonna be a parent. I just shouldn't be like I'm gonna be the worst aunt ever. I'm like, are you there? You text me every thirty minutes of the way. You give
0: them the the pepper spray and the taser. I'm gonna put you
2: on a GPS tracker. I don't need to know what you're doing. I just need to know that you're alive. Okay bye. Like I'll be like that. <laughs> <sighs> it freaks me out. Um, oh, wow, when I become such a freak like security cat. I don't know. But props to you. I mean, that's really that's really refreshing and reassuring to hear that people are that yeah. kind to solo women tra- like I'm sorry. <laughs> We're living in the Trump administration. I can't help it. Like I'm but just But like, the thing is
1: me. like traveling you're not dependent on people. You know, yeah. you're like you're taking public transportation, but you're not like in a stranger's car um yeah. and then you go to hostels and there's like the taxi cab, but those are all like government approved. So that's good. It's very rare where I had to go in a situation and be like, "Can you take me here?" Yeah. Most of the time, it was like I was just going the route that everyone else was going.
2: That's good. Yeah. Public transportation.
0: <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about something you said about how you know you're not traveling budget all the time because you're able. You you've been. This is some. This is something that I've been really impressed by. You is you're you're able to find work. Yeah. Um. I know. Um. When you when we talked to you before you left, you were saying I'll probably figure something out. And then when when I met you in. In Taiwan, you were like, "Yeah, I I just got a gig from was Louis Vuitton, mm-hmm. yeah, to write a travel guide for them." Wow,
1: yeah. Um, so Louis Vuitton hired me to write like the food and beverage section of the travel guide, but mostly like if you're in Asia and you're a journalist, it's very easy to pitch stories because especially in China, like not a lot of journalists a speak Chinese or like b like I have a six month visa because I'm a Taiwanese citizen, so I can stay there for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very opportunistic. Like you can just go there and like find stories. Obviously it's easier said than done, but (laughs) I've been freelancing for, you know, five years, six years now. So I have a system and it just, it wasn't hard pitching stories at all.
0: Yeah. I remember reading something you posted that because you've had all these experiences, you've been invited to speak. Mm -hmm. You just had a TED talk, TEDx talk.
1: Yeah, I did a TEDx talk, um, um, in Temple City.
0: And then that's also paying the bills now too, right?
1: No, I mean no. Oh. no. I didn't get paid for the TedX. Oh, no, I meant
0: you the um your, your consulting gigs. And,
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always been doing that though. Mm. So like, I guess the biggest change when I came back was that like I started a um a bomb business. B A L M, mm. not B O M B. Um, but other than that, like things have been carrying on as usual. <laughs> I just can't stay here for very long because then I just get – I feel like I get bogged down <laughs> by, like, first world problems. So then I have to, like, leave for that a bit. That was my question.
2: Like, I guess in in terms of, like, the last five years and you keep kind of – like, you get to go out and come back and it's yeah. creating this, like, very different perspective than the rest of us who are sitting bitching about the Grammys. Um, what – I don't know. Like, how – does each time you come back, you kind of come back – just even a little bit more different.
1: Yeah. So it's been getting harder for me because the, each time I go out, I go to more and more remote places. Right, so when right. I was in Ecuador, I was in the Galapagos and the Amazon rainforest. <laughs> and then in China, the, when I ended, I was in like the border of Pakistan. Um, and like, I was camping with nomadic people who like hunted with eagles still. Like it wasn't a tourist <laughs> thing. It was like, that's their way of life in like Tibet. Um, and then every time I come back, it's just this huge like shock for me um, in the sense that I just feel we are so inefficient with the way that our cities are run Mm -hmm. and also from the food perspective because I really go to these places and travel focusing on food systems Mm -hmm. but like Los Angeles all our water for example is imported from Northern California there was an earthquake we would be screwed everyone should have like gallons of water at home um, just in case, but there there's these things that we don't realize because we're kind of just in this bubble and everything functions the way it has to. But when you're in other places, that necessarily isn't true, but you see how much they're able to like live off of the land and just be very independent. Right. And here we're very dependent on other things, yeah, and it's just really, really frustrating um, for me. For example, like our lawns. Why do we have lawns? (laughs) We could be growing food with it. And then people are always bitching about how the farmer's market is so expensive and how that food is only for the rich and the elite. And that's true right now, of course. But we have so much land that we could be using if we just collaborated with one another.
2: I really wanna make a community garden. Okay. Cause like I'm from the Bay and that's where they have like Yeah. They do all the gardening and they did that start in Berkeley with Alice Waters and like what she did with the students to teach them how to grow their own food and like about nutrition and stuff to promote. I was like, that's the coolest thing. Why doesn't why doesn't every company have their own little yeah. thing? Literally it would save money. Because I was getting super annoyed because I was trying to be health conscious, but I was right. like, it costs so much money you, to try to like get organic food and you know all water that. Water too. And right? even if yeah. you're in
1: an office and you don't it's have fun. land, you can buy an um an aquaponic hydroponic system, and it's five hundred dollars, and it's like from here, it's not that tall, but it can grow you food from seedling in two weeks, and it can <sighs> feed like the entire office, like you just have a free salad bar, and it waters <laughs> itself it's just calm down and i and i think the reason why people aren't consuming or buying these products is because we all consume the same forms of media Mm -hmm. and as someone in the media then i'm i have this like weird (laughs) um i don't know like twilight zone if that makes sense Mm -hmm. it's like why are we all reading the same newspapers we all have the same friends on our facebook feeds and we all see the same news but like traveling i get kind of put outside of that box
0: yeah so you're yeah. headed out to well okay, um, let's talk about your your South America travels, yeah. and then we can talk about your your Lady Balm, sure, or your my Lady, lady Balm, <laughs> your Lady Angeles, yeah. Um, so you're heading to Costa Rica next. Yeah, you were in Ecuador. You were before you left for China. You were in Nicaragua. Yes, right? and then. Um, ripped the lid off of a labor thing there, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's like a huge um, sugar cane worker human rights abuse case in Nicaragua. (laughs) Um, But I went to Ecuador because I really want to learn Spanish. Just because I feel like as a journalist, in order to understand other people and like get different perspectives, language is so important. And a lot of people, especially Americans, and I've met a lot of American travelers, like, we are the only ones that are not bilingual. There's so many Germans in America, and they know, like, four languages, three languages. Um, And then just as Americans, we only know or we're only taught one language. Um, And then so I really want to learn Spanish because that's a huge part of the world that I am, like, I love. I love it down there. I love, like, jungly forests and stuff. And I just find it... um, a little bit self-centered if I traveled there and wrote articles, but wasn't able to interact with the people one-on-one. And I had to hire a translator every single time. Yeah. So my goal there was to really learn Spanish. But then, of course, I found a bunch of food stories that was fascinating to me, especially in the Amazon.
0: What was the most interesting thing?
1: Yeah. Um. So in the Amazon, I had thought, OK, so I met this group of people. They're called the Kichuans. So it's an indigenous tribe that's lived there um, for as long as the Amazon has been around. Probably not that long. Um, but I had thought they like foraged for their food, right? Because the Amazon has the highest biodiversity in the entire world. And I thought they could just like go out and get their food. But yes, on part, they like forage for their food. But the other part is they have a thing called a chakra, which is basically their garden. And if you were just a stranger and you went to this chakra, you wouldn't be able to tell it was a farm because it just looks like a jungle. But it was a food forest that they grew and they cultivated Um, and it grew all their food and all their medicinal herbs and stuff. And the thing is they didn't have to maintain it because they just let it grow kind of wild. You know, they'll propagate a couple punts plants here and there, but it didn't look like our traditional farms or our gardens with like the neat rows of lettuce. They just kind of let the food grow. And that, um, that concept is called permaculture. And we've actually, we have like classes here in Los Angeles and the Western world. calls it permaculture. And Mm -hmm. so that's why I'm going to Costa Rica. I'm going to spend six weeks in a jungle, um, on the Caribbean coast, um, and I'm going to learn permaculture because I feel like we should be applying that to our lives. Um,
0: Sounds awesome! Not don't do anything and grow food.
1: Yeah, I mean, like for <laughs> and like obviously, I don't think with the land that we have, we'll be able to have all of our nutritional needs met in our um, gardens. But like for example, we should be planting native plants. Mm. Those don't need; they use 80 percent less water than regular plants, and you can be using them for like tea. Which I made, um, or like bomb, like you know, you can make it into soap, um, tinctures, alcohol, and it also helps native pollinators, which are going extinct or they're just not doing so well. And there's so many things that make common sense that just makes so much sense when I'm in other countries and or just people that are really remote, and I'm like, why don't we do it here?
2: (laughs) We need to make a movie, and we need to hire Selena Gomez and uh, who else is popular? Gigi Hadid, which. She's problematic right now. Um, but again, popular. use. We got This is why I'm saying pop culture is yeah. a way to leverage it. They get yeah. the eyeballs and like everyone's freaking out because Selena's dating The Weeknd. Yes, I know that. I read the Refinery29 is article. Is that his
0: name, The Weeknd? Does he have a name? He
2: has a name, but I'm saying like that's how <laughs> everyone knows <laughs> him. But I'm saying leverage pop culture. Yeah. like Invite them to a garden party. Or
0: what, like you know what I'm is, saying? Right. I feel like if it's an environmental thing, I have Morgan Freeman in there somewhere. but it doesn't
1: have to be an environmental thing too it's also a food thing and everyone loves food yeah Yeah. that's what I'm
2: saying you can make it and that's what I'm saying make it I hate to reduce it to that but
1: we just have to make it a popular
2: thing make it the
0: trendy thing we gotta make it hipster
1: Yeah, and and that's why I write for mainstream publications because, like, a lot of people have done studies and books on this, but, like, no one cares unless it's framed in, like, a millennial hip view or in a publication, like, catered Mm. to that demographic.
2: And even though, even when that happens, again, people, and again, it's a lot about culture, it's about convenience, and it's about what they've known to be true. And, you know, you can slap Leonardo DiCaprio onto you know a documentary and it's going to get a lot more viewership, which I was really, really happy to see that. But effect, efficacy, don't know. We don't know what the outcome of that's going to be. Yeah. We don't know if you changed any minds. But maybe if you, like, again, what's the goal? Do you want to change right. a handful?
1: Or who are you trying to change the minds? Like, Well, for me, it's like what we can city city do zoning. in L.A. Because I've watched, like, before the Flood of Leo movie, and it's like cool, I knew all of this already. This is very overwhelming. It's a yeah. great movie, and I'm inspired to help the environment. But after that's like, what can I do? Maybe eat less meat. Yeah. Um, but here, it's like, there are so many things you can do right now. Like, there's a nursery called the Theodore Payne Pound- Foundation that has all the native plants, and you can be planting white sage in your backyard. And white sage is all the rage now for all the hipsters. Um, <laughs> I mean, but it's, I'm actually, it's actually such a problem because people are going up in the mountains and just, like, taking all the white sage and that's like not good. And so you're getting charged $15 basically to destroy the environment. But you could be planting that in your backyard and you can be saving a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can have free sage to do your sage smudge or yeah. whatever. <laughs> we need to
2: get you a publicist so that we can like <laughs> again this is strategy I'm learning so much from like Sundance <laughs> and all this stuff but it's like kind of framing it the right way we're like having our strategy session on our podcast right now but the, I mean I'm really all about that and I don't think anybody out there is necessarily like I'm f- throwing a fit like why don't we have more gardens well, maybe people haven't really thought of that maybe that's not the top of everyone's right. conversation It's hard, well, you know, so we just farm. need to find a way to make that that
1: like love so farmer, that information or, you know, accessible yeah. so that's why i did this like bomb thing like yeah. it's we're not making any money off of this this is just kind of like my friend one day she made me these like moisturizing you can try them these moisturizing <laughs> salves and i was like this is cool but how can i love and when i was in the amazon i was like wait we need to be using native plants because a huge problem is like people don't even know what these things smell like mm-hmm. or what they do um this one is just a sample i yes, think has coconut oil Yeah, but coconut oil is our base, but it's an educational process. And once you realize the properties of this, it's amazing. Like um, we use, I think this one, the label is wrong, but this one we use um, sagebrush and the Native Americans used to use it to heal their wounds and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm experimenting. uh, What am I experimenting with? I don't even know. Oh, like pine needles. It's like smells like citrus and stuff. And if we get people to like know what we have in our environment and are motivated to grow it, we can create these food forests and you could create income in your own backyard too. That's really cool. Right.
0: So it's called Lady Angeles. It's your new like Clarissa's now added entrepreneur to her long list of titles. Life's <laughs> short,
2: just do it. I know. <laughs> Good for you.
0: Um but yeah, you can find her at the local farmer's markets like you've been... Yeah, I'm going to
1: be at Altadena Farmer's Market um on Wednesdays.
0: But yeah, so they're all based on local plants then?
1: Well, some of them are based on native plants. Some of them are also just like plants that we have in our urban landscape, like lavender that's mm-hmm. not native, but there's like a crap ton of lavender. So for me, it's like utility, right? Like we have so many things that we are not using. Why don't we use them to like create an income stream or... Um, Get people more connected because I think now we all talk about connection and like social media is so huge, especially in our age range. But there's we're not connected with the land and like who, how many people like actually knows who your neighbors are. Mm. And if you, and I've seen these in like smaller communities, they have an incentive to interact with their neighbor because they have to like take care of the land around, you know, and like here it's hard. Yeah, yeah, and if we did gardens um, or even our front yards, you know, then when you walk down the street, it'll be like, "Oh, look, an orange," and then you'll interact with it, and it's just so much more connection too. It's true.
0: I mean, my neighbor has a lemon tree, and the, the whole neighborhood takes from it.
2: Aww. But that, um, I'm sure that's like an like a, it's okay and that it was a welcomed. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so okay. there's a there's <laughs> I'm sh- I want to check in Mark. I'm
1: sure you guys have heard of Ron Finley. He's called, like he referred to as the girl gardener, but he like up until a couple years ago it was illegal to like plant produce in your like sidewalk area. Um, and he just started doing that, like the law got passed. And then he said like kids would just come over and he'd be like, yeah, you're free to take from it. And he would plant in South Central where it's like a food fo- a food desert mm-hmm. where people don't have access to fresh healthy food. and fresh yeah. food. And like because of that, like people will come over and just like get their free food and like learn about how food comes from, where yeah. food comes from.
0: I think that's, yeah, like you said, so many people just consume without knowledge. Yeah. Or without knowing. Um, people eat meat but don't want to acknowledge that comes from an animal that had to die.
2: Yeah. So I remember that. Like, I think the practice is like, I'm so severely attached to my meat consumption that (laughs) I'm like, well, God put them on earth so that they can be eaten. But, like, when it comes to the methane thing, and like, when I watched that, I was like, I have, for health
1: reasons too, also, like, we don't need that much. But we could also be diversifying the species of meat that we're eating. So I'm working on an article on heritage breeds, and these are breeds that were brought over here by the colonists or were native to here, Mm -hmm. and they consume so much less water and they require less, like, pesticides or, like, Shots than the big fat cows that we have because they've evolved to the conditions of California. Same with our native plants. But people don't want to eat them because they're like, we don't know what this is, but it's still a freaking cow. Like, it's still a cow. (laughs) Like, there's sheep. There's heritage chicken, too. Um, And the thing is, the reason why they're expensive is because not a lot of people want them. So if we just changed what we demanded, what we wanted you can change the whole food system. For example, poke. Like, poke (laughs) is creating so much stress on our ocean, the sushi movement. But if we changed it, we could do a whole other thing. And I think our generation, the millennial generation, um, or people in their 30s, are so powerful because we can change these trends through social media or just, like, posting a selfie with a certain (laughs) product.
0: not saying don't eat poke. It's just be mindful of the types of fish that we're using for it. And there's, um, a,
1: there's a, like Sweetfin, I believe, they source sustainably. So just like do your due diligence and research.
2: I think people, it, just to kind of like on the consumer side, it's like exhausting. And there's, again, varying degrees of how much people care at this point. Yeah, What will cause them to become emotionally invested for their own selves to like inconvenience themselves for however marginal amount of time or dollars to like... Be a responsible consumer. A lot of people just don't care, right? So I'm like curious about that because how you will prioritize like, okay, here I'm going to like eat less red meat because I know that it contributes to greenhouse gases that really impacts the environment. That's like where I'm going to feel like, okay, I did my part and I feel good about it and I'm still going to drive my car. I'm going to try to drive less, but I'm trying to walk more. You know what I mean? There's so many things. And I'm curious as to like, is there data collection? Because it all goes back to like the larger picture. What would make the biggest impact fastest? Like that's my biggest thing. Like what are the priorities? Because if we were to suddenly shift uh, the bovine consumption, right? Right. Like, would that make a big enough change that we could, like, then kind of address the next priority?
1: Yeah, so I think meat is the biggest thing that we should just be focusing on and just, like, eating less meat. Like, I love Korean barbecue, but... So do I. We do not need to do that every single day. Word up. (laughs) Or every single day. My waistline doesn't
2: need it either. Yeah. We don't. And no. I,
1: I think getting people to care, it's like when I tell people these stories of indigenous tribes who like are so affected by it, that's when people change. So for example, I was in Taiwan and I hung out with the Ocean Tribe um, and they, we did the whole ceremony, like kills a pig, sacrifice it to the ocean. Like they did a powwow. Wow. Um, and then at the end of the session, she was like, well, this is a part where we go out and we like catch a fish for the village. And I'm like, well, why don't you do that anymore? She's like, there's no more fish in the sea. And I was like, what do you mean? There's no more fish in the sea. Like we're in Taiwan. This is a freaking <laughs> Island. Like Taiwan's been overfished since the 1930s. And then I went to a, a fishing village next door and I just saw a bunch of like sharks, like laid dead that their fishermen brought in and that was like the bycatch that they got from fishing from very far away. And then like when you see these images and then you talk to these indigenous people, I think that's when I started caring. Because I knew all these facts before obviously. It wasn't um new to me, but it was like seeing these people being affected and just seeing all these sharks like lying there bleeding out and i would have paid money to like scuba dive with these sharks because i love sharks yeah um i don't know if i would have paid to scuba dive with (laughs) sharks, but
2: i want them to live yeah but what was most amazing (laughs) to me
1: during my travels was that the people who knew most about what's happening in our world were people who've been living closest to the land for thousands of years and when i asked the chief of the most remote tribe in taiwan what the biggest change he has seen over his years as chief of the most remote tribe in Taiwan, he's like, climate change. And he doesn't read these articles or, like, the data. He just sees it. Yeah. And I think how we can get people to care is, like, just go out and hike. Like, I'm not telling you to, like, change your, like, life or anything. You don't even have to hike. Just, like, go out and, like, learn about these plants and like go for a foraging walk. You can, there's classes that you can take online and once you like r- learn about these then you will begin to see how things have been changing over the years and the people who have been studying these right. and who give you these classes and when you see that then you're affected because we I mean we get pissed when like they change I don't know they like raise up the price of chocolate or something <laughs> you know because we're very attuned to that. Yeah. But no one is attuned to what's happening in our mountains cuz we don't go out there like i mean if we do we go for like a 1 hour hike in like Eaton canyon and we come back and we like take a selfie and that's it but no one's actually paying attention to the plants that are out there or the animals right. or and there there's so many resources that you can do well, that's really do good that. to
2: know and again i'm just okay, my brain's like wheels are turning because <laughs> again i'm just like coming I mean, from a very selfish consumer standpoint like the the sense of responsibility or altruism i don't know like i think that yeah. people care more than we tend to frame it I personally don't like I maintain hope in millennials that even though there's awful people out there in every generation but like I don't think we're that out of touch with the problems and maybe there's just needs to be a more widespread way to to communicate the solutions, right? And then yeah. the prioritization of well, that. I mean,
0: we're the, we're the fragile snowflakes who care about all the problems. So but I think we focus God our, we focus our if, energies on, you know.
1: What if we focus on... Let's stop focusing on what we shouldn't be doing and focus on, like, what we can do. So, like, go to the Theodore Payne Foundation and, like, pick up a sage plant, like, plant it in your backyard, you know? And they have, like, plants that will help native pollinators. And if everyone... And, like, that's something as easy as, like, just buying flowers, but it's, like, a specific plant that will help native pollinators. And I think if everyone just did that and you don't have to stress out about the fact that you had Korean barbecue the day before, like, <laughs> we just changed, consumed a little bit differently. Okay. It would be fine.
2: Gotta make it trendy. It's, <laughs> it's like, the, the horrible double-edged sword, but it's, like, find the right... It's okay, because I'm not the big believer. Why can't like, Stuart
0: in the future be trendy? Right, that that's what I'm be saying. Trendy.
2: It is, and like again, look at 21 Jump Street. I still like there's certain pop culture references that I th- I pinpoint as like hilarious, weird, random uh, touch points where like it reveals that the agendas and like the priorities of people are changing. Like in 21 Jump Street, the guy makes a gay joke, and then he gets like by the high school kids. They're like, it's not cool, bro. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you look at our generation, like it was full of that. It was full of like calling people homo and like it was funny and then generationally speaking, like that's not cool, bro. Like you can't do that anymore now in high school, which again, I think is great. Um, Like I had friends in high school who were bullied for that. right? And so I think, again, we're always shifting. So I I think there has to be some tie between the fringe of like you're out there and you get to have these experiences. Mind-blowing, right? But like how are we going to get millions of like millennials to go see indigenous people and see the suffering of what they're actually going through, which like if I have the empathy to do that and the visual ability to like just go there in my mind, yeah, it totally right. breaks my heart. But is it gonna make me not go to this birthday party at right? You know, barbecue palace. Yeah, right. Like that's where I'm. Like my curiosity is right there. What what so dictates that? What, what was interesting
1: to me is that there is a bunch of indigenous people here in Los Angeles, like the Tongva people. They occupied mm-hmm. L.A. and like we talked about a lot about Standing Rock. I remember um, in, in November I went up to the Owens Valley and visited. A tribe, and that was a tribe where LA stole water. So we became to become the city well, that we are today. LA, you know?
0: LA destroyed the Owens Valley. Like we, yeah. we took all their water.
1: And so these people aren't far away in faraway lands. Um, But another thing is, like, you don't even have to interact with these people. You can just interact with the plants that are here, too. And that is so easy. Plants are
2: sexy, guys. The new (laughs) hashtag, plants are sexy. Yeah,
1: and, like, I know that sounds, like, really hippie. But, like, once you, like, realize the use for all of this, it's amazing. Like... Sage is good for so many things other than just, like, smudging it, you know, and, like, burning get it. Get beauty
2: bloggers to do it. Again, I'm sorry. I'm, like, going yeah. back to the Like, get people to make it a thing. And it will become a thing.
1: Yeah, and, like, even chefs. I'm thinking, like, chefs should, you know, you could, like, smoke your meats with, like, wood from the forest. Um, Obviously, you shouldn't be, like, taking from the forest. But if people, like, planted it in their backyards and a lot of people – I mean, I know younger people, like, live in apartments and stuff. But, like, a lot of their parents, you know, you have land, you can be doing these things. Yeah, I'm going to go start my
0: garden now. Um, but that's our time. Thanks so much for of joining course. us. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yeah, it's always great to catch up with you. Hopefully we'll have you back um, sometime, maybe like in another year or so. If yeah. We can <laughs> tell us all the new things that you've learned. No, we're going to talk about. before
2: then because <laughs> I'm going to get her a publicist and we're going to get your Kickstarter thing because we got to, I don't know, this is a, the age of digital media. We've got to document yeah. this so that the narrative really ties, you know, connects all those dots. Yeah. I feel like that'd be really a- amazing.
0: <laughs> you can find Clarissa's pieces on vice, um, usually, usually on munchies. Yeah. Eater, LA weekly, KCT and and also on your social media. Where can people find you?
1: Yeah. Um, so my website is just com, and everything is linked there.
0: Awesome. And you can always reach Minji and myself by email at podcast at collaboration.org. Um, you can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever podcasts are found on our RSS feeds. Thanks again to Dia Frampton for use for Song Crave for intro and outro. Um, don't forget to check out Lady Angelus. Do you have a website for that?
1: Yeah, ladyangelus.com.
0: The Cloudcast is, of course, part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective awesome podcast from Asian American hosts. Uh, check out more podcasts at podcastpotluck.com. And uh, that'll do it. Thanks so Thanks much so for much, coming, Corsa. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: Yeah, we'll see you all next week. Safe
1: travels. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
0: to